Welcome to episode 21, where my cynical ass goes on a gratitude journey. We talk to a lovely lady from across the pond, and I pop some bubbly to officially say goodbye to 2020. Welcome to This Shit Works, your weekly no-nonsense guide to networking your way to more friends, more adventures, and way more success with your host, Julie Brown. Here we go. Thank you, sweet baby Jesus. 2020 is almost over. What a dumpster fire of a year. A year spent masked up, never letting our guard down, working from home, isolated from our friends and families, holidays alone, intense political conflict around the country, record high unemployment, the West Coast ablaze with forest fires, 2020 can fuck right the fuck off. This time of year is usually the time when we gather our year-end lists, when we think about all the things we have done, seen, heard, and accomplished in the past 12 months. We look fondly on the year that was in preparation for the year that will be. Right now, the only thing I can think of is that I'm so glad it's almost over. I've actually been thinking about that for a long time now, I'm, how I'm just waiting to get through this year. I mentioned in my Thanksgiving podcast that lately, I've been having a hard time finding my thanks and gratitude, even though this is the time of year when those things are supposed to be in abundance. They're supposed to be easy to locate right now. And then I got to thinking, am I having a hard time finding things to be grateful for or am I an ungrateful person? I don't generally think of myself as an ungrateful bitch, but then I started getting nervous. What if I am and I don't even know it? I delved into this question or dilemma like I do everything else with, you guessed it, research. I wanted to see if some people are just more grateful than others, and if so, why? Is it genetics, upbringing, circumstance? Is there a gratitude gene? And what do you do if you don't have it? Here's why I love scientists. If there is something out there to study, they are studying it. And here's what some of those studies show. Genetics may actually help explain why some people find it easier to feel and express gratitude than others. There have been studies that have explored what specific genes may help determine a person's grateful or less grateful disposition. One promising candidate for this is the gene CD38, which is involved in the secretion of the neuropeptide oxytocin. Now remember, we talked about oxytocin in last week's episode. It's the warm sex glow neuropeptide. I suppose if my CD38 gene was constantly spouting off oxytocin and I was walking around in the warm sex glow all the time, I'd be a pretty damn grateful person too. In one part of the study of this CD38 gene, members of heterosexual romantic couples noted whether or not they thanked their partner for something he or she did that they appreciated every night for two weeks. Partners with one particular variant of the CD38 gene reported thanking their partners about 45% of the days, whereas partners with the other variant thanked their partners more than 70% of the days. That's a huge difference. Another gene that appears to influence gratitude is the gene called COMT, which is involved in the recycling of the neurotransmitter dopamine. Remember episode 17 where I talked all about dopamine and the reward loops involved with it? Well, 
In the study, people with one version of the gene reported feeling more grateful than those with the other version of the gene. So the research does suggest that there may be differences in the brain structure and makeup of the genes between more and less grateful people. So then I worried, what if I'm genetically predisposed to being a less grateful person? Is that the end of it? Or can we change our brains? Can we alter our gratitude levels? Is there a gratitude muscle that I can exercise? And if so, how? And wouldn't you know it, as I was pondering this question, I received an email from a woman in my network. We had met over the summer in an online podcast creation course that we were both taking in advance of launching our own podcasts. This is a pretty tight-knit group, and we have all stayed in touch since the course ended in August. Her email mentioned that she was just about to launch a 28-day gratitude journey. I won't lie. I rolled my eyes a bit when I saw the email. This involuntary action further convincing me that I definitely have the less grateful COMT gene. Damn it. In order to flex my gratitude genes, I signed up for the journey. It was easy. Each day within the Facebook community, Beth prompted us to write down three things we were grateful for. So, 28 days, three things a day, 84 things in total over the course of the journey. Each day I received the prompt and each day I wondered what I could be grateful for on that day. It started off easy enough on the first day. You can easily name the big things you're grateful for, can't you? Your relationships, your dogs, or health. The next day, I wondered if I could be grateful for the same three things each and every day. Or do I need to think of three new things every day? I thought about how I'd caught up on the phone with a friend that day, how I'd gotten eight hours of sleep the night before, and how I absolutely love riding my Peloton every day. The next day, I was grateful for landing two brand new clients, a box of chocolates that was sent to my office, and Christmas music on Pandora. It was during this day, day three, that I realized that I didn't need to be grateful for just the big things. I could be grateful for little things every day, like my morning run, cozy sweaters, pimento cheese spread. When I didn't look at the massive issues, it was easy to be grateful for small victories day in and day out. Beth created this gratitude journey for a reason, and she had a lot of people go on that 28-day journey with her. I've asked her here today to speak a little bit about her experience with gratitude and how we can all find ways to flex our gratitude muscles, even if we feel like we were born with the less grateful genes. You see, Beth is good at helping people find positivity. She's a business and career strategist specializing in creative visualization, positivity, and resilience. She's also the host of the Visualize You podcast. Beth believes that our past experiences hold clues to what we can create in our futures. And she joins us from clean across the pond in West Yorkshire, England. So you're absolutely going to fall in love with her accent. Hello, Beth, and welcome. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Julie. Looking forward to today's episode. Oh, God, your accent. People are just going to love it. (laughs) (laughs) As I mentioned in the intro, I was part of Beth's 28-day gratitude journey. I won't lie. I missed some days. I missed mostly weekend days. We had 14 inches of snow one day. I missed that day. (laughs) I missed days pretty much where I wasn't sitting at my desk. So I hope I still got a passing grade on the journey. Of course, of course. (laughs) So how many people did you have participate in the journey with you? So I think I had about 160 registered to do it. Oh, wow. But then I was looking at this kind of stats. And like, like you said, Julie, I think so many things happen, especially in December, that people just cannot 
commit to doing it every single day. So I, I reckon maybe maybe 50 to 60 people have been actively participating and bobbing in and out. And, and that's okay. That's that's what it was all about. So I'm assuming a lot of the people, maybe this is their first introduction to you. So what made you want to do this for people that you don't even know? I mean, I just I just love getting to know people anyway. So that was never a reason not to do it. One of my driving forces really was I wanted people to have that space at the end of the year, a little bit like a closing ceremony for 2020. <laughs> and then to the shit show that 2020. If there was ever a year that needed <laughs> if there was ever a year that needed a closing ceremony, it's this one. Yeah, exactly. So I wanted to do that and pull in a, a nice, more positive space so that when they go into 2021. They can be a bit more intentional about actually where they want to focus their energy, maybe some new goals that they've got, and just be a bit more reflective on how actually how amazing people are. Because mm. I mean, a lot of the gratitude hasn't just been around regular stuff in your day-to-day life. It's also been about being grateful for who we are on an individual level and kind of pay, patting ourselves on the back a little bit for how amazing as a human being we are. Every day in the Facebook group, everybody wrote the three things that they were grateful for. So we saw everybody's gratitude and you saw everybody's gratitude, but, and I know you read every one. Did you see patterns? Were you surprised by patterns that you saw emerge over the 28 days? I think so in the beginning, and actually the way that I structured it was in such a way that I would have expected some of these patterns to come out. The beginning few days were very much about what I call everyday gratitude. So being grateful for the tomatoes in your in your fridge or the petrol in your car, that kind of thing. And so people were starting to say those things. The things that are immediately, you know, within our mm-hmm. our, you know, we can see them in physically in the room. And so as we started going through that, and because I've, I'd asked people to try and maybe think about the different things, not say the same things every single day, because that's easy, but actually to go a little bit deeper. And people were then starting to give gratitude to the, like the families and the friendships and the relationships. And then as it went on, they were giving gratitude for like the careers and the skills and their experiences. Uh, and then moving on to kind of what I call superpowers, you know, those things that we are intuitively really good at that we're kind of the go-to guy or gal for. Uh, and people were starting to see their, their worth and how unique they were. So it was gradually getting deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. Um, so those are the kind of patterns that I've definitely seen. I think it's just so interesting in how, what people put, but there were some funny things as well. So people were uh, like saying, talking about the animals and the pooches and the cats and the fur balls. And then uh, the things that were great. A lot of people were grateful for like the pajamas. There was one day where everybody was grateful for the pajamas <laughs> and the blankets and the warm cozy jumpers. So, I, so it just shows like on one level, we are all very similar as human beings, but then also we have also got these unique uh, differences as well, which makes us who we are. So I think it's been a really eye-opening experience for a lot of people that have been taking part. I think for me, like, and I came in sort of with hesitation, but what I found through the journey was like, at first I was like, oh God, like you can only be grateful for the big thing. Like you had to, you were thinking, I only can only think of big things. Yeah. And then I remember there was this one day where I was like, I love pimento cheese spread and I, Trader Joe's sells it now. There's a store here called Trader Joe's that sells it. And I was like, I'm just so glad they make pimento cheese spread. <laughs> and I remember that one that one moment. I was like, oh, so I can be grateful for little things too. It doesn't yeah. have to be 
big things. And I remember I was driving home from work one day and it's dark, really dark here early now. It's dark at like four o'clock. And there was the biggest full moon I've seen in so long. And I remember thinking, well, I'm not grateful that it's really dark, but I would never see this moon driving home from work Mm -hmm. if it wasn't dark so early. So I found myself like, it was like a game almost. Like I was like, okay, so let me find the little things I can be grateful for today. And I sort of made it like, okay, I can be grateful for that. And then I can be grateful for that. And I can be grateful for that. So it actually ended up being more fun than I thought it was going to be. I think that's it. I think, and that's one of the reasons why I wanted to call it a journey rather than a challenge, because I think the word challenge has its kind of, these connotations of actually this is going to be hard work. And I didn't want it to be that. I wanted, I wanted it to be fun. And I wanted people just to be happy Mm. for the good stuff that's going on in their life that they maybe weren't aware of before. Yeah. I won't lie. I had some nights where I was like, I, I could easily put down like the one good thing that happened to me that day. But then I was like, well, what else? Because like you're, it's the world is such shit right now. And Mm -hmm. like, there's so much that we can't do and we can focus on so much negative stuff. So what is, what is your advice for somebody who right now looks at the situation, whether it is the global pandemic or they've been laid off or they can't find a job or they've lost someone? What is your advice to people who are struggling right now to help them see that maybe there are still things to be grateful for? Yeah. Well, I think the whole the beauty of gratitude is actually practicing it often so that when things are really bad that it's almost like you're just flicking a default switch on and it becomes easier to do that I think if somebody's had a big tragedy happen to them today and they've never really thought about gratitude or been exposed to this positive mindset then it becomes a lot more difficult so that's the first thing I would say is that you have to build those muscles up and that can take time but it doesn't have to be so difficult. It doesn't have to be challenging. Um, it, it's just about finding what works for you. So if looking for three things a day is is not easy because we've all got busy lives, it could be that it's finding three things on a Sunday evening at 10 o'clock, for example, or doing it once a month. It's just finding what works for you. But if you've never put in that work, it will be hard. It will definitely be hard. But it's it's being able to find that lightness in the darkness. So my daughter had an accident back in 2016. And it was a really traumatic accident and she she hurt her lips and lost lots of teeth and she had to have surgery. And it was so dark, but because I'd been practicing this for such a long time, I was able to see, I was able to give gratitude for the air ambulance or for the nurses that were helping her or the first time that she's able to drink chocolate milk for the first time. And so I wouldn't have been able to do that. There's no way that I would have been able to draw that if I had never practiced gratitude or having this positive mindset or meditation and affirmations and all those kind of things it it is really difficult when people are going through hard times but if you can look for the fact that you're still breathing the fact that you've got somebody at the end of the phone that you can speak to or that you have got a warm sweater on today you know even if it doesn't feel connected but it's just something that helps raise your energy and vibration then that's that's all that you can do and just look for those little things I would say Have you always been a grateful person? Do you think like you always had this in you? When I was little, I was, I was really miserable, like, (laughs) like super miserable pictures of me from baby through to 15, miserable, sad face, did not want my photograph taken. And uh, yeah, I was not always this happy, this happy person. Um, So I know that you can change. I know that you can change that, that aspect 
of yourself. Did you say, I'm a miserable person. I have to do something to change this. Or was it a light bulb moment or was it a slow progression into being the happy, grateful person that you are? Yeah, I think it was slow. I've always had this bigger worldly vision of my life kind of thing. So when I was little, the reason why I was so miserable was that I just couldn't understand why would you go to school and why would you have to do your exams? And then why would you have to go to university? And then why would you have to get married? And I just couldn't understand like, why why do people do this? It made absolutely zero sense to me. And so I just wanted to get out there in the world and experience it. And because I wasn't, and wasn't allowed because obviously I was as a child, um, you can't do that in the same way as an adult could do. I was just so miserable. But when my mom and dad got divorced, my mum started going to these night classes and she would bring these tape meditations home. These, And I would pinch them out of a bag and put them in my little tape deck that my grandma had got me. And I would just listen to them. So I was about 10 years old and I would just listen to these meditations. And there was something you would experience. I don't, some people call it like the gap when you do meditation. And I would experience that. And then I would try and chase that. Like I want to experience that again and again. What is it called? I'm sorry. Like the gap. So if you meditate and it's almost like that bit between your thoughts where you're not thinking thoughts anymore, but you don't actually know you've been there until you become aware again. Okay. That is that space in between. So I call it the gap and I think other people do call it the the gap. People might call it other things as well. Okay. And so I experienced that for the first time and it was like a high. It was like, oh my God, I need to experience this again and again and again. And so it was a gradual thing. So I would meditate and then I started journaling in my teens so it's just been a progression really and then kind of followed into my 20s and 30s and now 40s so um it has been a lifelong journey for me I would say so far but um Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it wasn't an overnight thing (laughs) so as far as gratitude goes I feel like maybe I shouldn't call myself an ungrateful person I'm I'm grateful for people all of the time Uh and I have a practice of sending thank you notes to people in my life every week. At least like two thank you notes get mailed a week to thank people in business, spending time with me or for sending me information or referrals or or whatever. And I feel like gratitude. So this gratitude journey, it was great because we got to see what everybody else was grateful for, because I don't Mm -hmm. feel like you should just squirrel away what you're grateful for and put it in a notebook. So if I'm grateful for my husband and I write in my notebook, I'm grateful for my husband. Wouldn't it be better if I gave that gratitude away? So how do we project our gratefulness? Like how do we let people know that we're grateful for them? What are your thoughts on sharing gratitude and how we can do that more easily? Well, I think you're right. I think um, because I've always you know, written it down and put it's been in in lots of different journals. But yeah, I think you're right. I think there's, there's times where we should actually tell the people that we love. So I I think there's like a consciousness around this that we have to, people can't read our minds. They don't know that we're thankful and they don't know that we love them as much as we do. We have to be comfortable being audible with those feelings. Yeah. And it's, it's just appreciation in a relationship. If we feel appreciated, then we're more willing to, you know, show up in this relationship and be our best selves and, and really make the relationship what it should be when we don't feel that when we feel like we're put on and we're doing all the housework or whatever it is then the relationship goes a different way so there's definitely something in that appreciation not just gratitude but appreciating one another more definitely yeah so if there are some people listening to this podcast who love the idea of being more grateful um 
maybe they're a little cynical like me, but they love the idea about <laughs> being more grateful, but they aren't convinced of a daily gratitude practice. Where, mm-hmm. where can they start? I think it's finding what, just what works for you. Try and find a time that is going to work for you and that you're going to show up at that time. And that might, that time might change. So for me, I, I tend to do my journaling on a Sunday evening. It's just about finding a time that works for you and and just trying that out and and seeing is it three things I'm grateful for is it 10 things that I'm grateful for and just trying trying that out a little bit and trying to stick it at that but moving it around so it's the same with meditation so I I used to do meditation in the morning and that would just I'd either fall asleep because I was still tired or I'd meditate at the end of the day my husband gets so mad at me because every time I try to meditate I fall asleep I used to do the same you're not doing it right (laughs) which is good because that's obviously what your body needs but it's not good if you've got like a busy day ahead but so I would do it at the end of the day and all that would happen then would be just like it would just be like the whole of my day just filtering in my head and just thoughts and it was just not productive so I now I meditate when it feels right so I don't have a set time but say I've got halfway through my day and I've finished all my emails I've, I'm ready to start that next task on my to-do list that is the point when I meditate because it allows me time to stop meditate and then get on with my day with a lot more clarity and focus around what I'm going to be intentional about mm. and so that's what I do now and I think it's the same with gratitude just just try it, just try it out and see what works because I don't think there is a hard and fast rule. I think it will be different for everybody just because everybody's lives are totally different. So there are, so find a time that works for you to take notice. And if if that's not every day, that's fine. Maybe it's like you said, maybe it's on Sundays, maybe it's once a week. Yeah. Um, And write down what you're grateful for. And there's no right or wrong for what you're grateful for, right? Like there's no wrong answers in a gratitude list, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Anything goes. If you're grateful for it, then, you know, why would it be? Why would it be wrong? Thank you for inviting me on the gratitude journey, which I didn't do every day, but I did. You did. Yeah. Well, I thought about it every day. I didn't write it exactly. down every day. I thought about like, it was mostly like, shit, I forgot my three things at the end of the day. But my listeners know me and know my personality. And yeah. if I found it to be enlightening and fun, and when I made it a game, I it, it became even more interesting and fun for me through yeah. through the 28 days. And And what benefits have you seen? Have you seen things... I, yeah, you know what? I find that I'm more in tune. Like I notice things more. Like the other yeah. day I went in to this coffee shop that I always go to across from my office. I go every day. And like, I just had this really fun interaction with a gentleman who was in there that day and I'd never met him before and he'd, and I'll probably never see him again. But like, I remember leaving and I was laughing because we had <laughs> had this really fun interaction. And I was like, I, this is something I could put on this list. This is not something I would ever like that that interaction would have happened and I would have gone through my day and I wouldn't have thought about that interaction again. So when you actually are thinking of things to be grateful for, you almost replay some of the good parts of your day, which I found was really, really refreshing during a time like we're dealing with right now. And I would have these moments where I was like, I get to amplify some of the good things that have happened because I get to remember them and write them down and think about them again. Yeah. And I think that's the bit that we don't do. So if we've had a really shitty day, we'll come home and we'll, we'll go, oh my goodness, you won't believe what's happened to us today, but we won't necessarily go, 
you won't believe who I spoke to in the coffee shop today and this is what we talked about because right. we just don't do that do we so I think giving ourselves permission to do that is really powerful so again I I rolled my eyes when I got the <laughs> notice for you and I was like great another another woo-woo gratitude thing but I you've changed my mind and for me I have to do it like you said I have to find the style that works for me and finding that style ha- has been helpful good I'm well, that's helped. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. I really, I mean, I do. I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful that I met everybody in Paste Podcast. That has been a shining light in 2020 for it sure. It has, absolutely. Yeah, it's been brilliant. If the listeners want to learn more about you and other programs that you're putting out there, where can they find you? So you can go to bethhewitt.com or visualizeyou.com. And that's visualize with an S because I'm in the UK. So right. some, people, some people can't find me because I put the Z in there. Um, well, I'll put it in. I'll put a link in the show notes. <laughs> but either of those places will get you to, to find me. And then I'm on all kind of social media platforms on Facebook and Instagram. And why don't you tell them a little bit about your podcast? Yeah, so the Visualize You show is all about kind of those experiences and journeys that people have been on to start their business or to change their career. So it's it's kind of telling the stories of mainly entrepreneurs who have started their business, but from a more spiritual aspect. And I try to ask the questions that gets underneath the skin of who they are at the core and just the journey that they've been on and what life lessons they've learned along the way. And it's a really good time for someone to tap into that, your podcast, because I think with the ending of one year and the beginning of another, we always mm-hmm. think about things in a much more sort of like master plan, North Star, goal-oriented way. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Thanks, Julie. Okay. So first off, her accent is killer, right? Like sometimes I get drunk and pretend I have a British accent. I don't know why. It just happens. Like I have no control over it. I get drunk and all of a sudden I'm like, oi, mate. Like, so stupid. Okay. Anyways, what I hope we've learned here is that whether you have one particular variant of the CD38 gene or the less grateful variant of the COMT gene, there are things that we can do on a daily or maybe weekly or maybe monthly basis to flex our gratitude genes, to begin to take notice of the things around us, big and small, that we are indeed grateful for and that shape our life experiences. I'm not going to tell you to start a gratitude journal. That's up to you to decide whether that is something that you want to do or would be beneficial for you. What I will say is that I stepped into this exercise with a bit of trepidation, but discovered along the way that I really enjoyed the act of seeking out things to be grateful for. And the more I looked for things to be grateful for, the more I discovered things to be grateful for. When I made it a game, it ended up being a game I wanted to play. This is the last podcast of 2020, and I can think of no better way to usher in a new year than with sparkling wine. And I'm saying sparkling wine and not champagne, because that's what it is. The rules for using the word champagne is that the bubbles in the bottle have to come from the champagne region in France. And this particular bottle comes from Riverbench Winery in Santa Barbara County. I've been there a couple of times. The winery was established in 1973 when its first Chardonnay and Pinot Noir grapes were planted on the property. This particular wine that I'm enjoying, wow, saying sayonara to 2020, is the Blanc de Noir which is 100% Pinot Noir, made in a style that gives a nod to the women who made wines that sparkle what they are today. The widow Clicquot, 
Lily Bollinger, and Jean Alexandrine Pomeray, to name a few. Most people think of wine, especially in France, as a man's world. But look into the history of these three ladies I just mentioned to see how they revolutionized the champagne industry. So as we say goodbye to 2020 and enter 2021 with eyes wide open, but also filled with the expectation of the great things that can be, I thank you again for being here, for taking time out of your day to tune in and listen. As always, if you like what you've heard, please do share it with your friends. See you next year. Cheers. Hey, thanks for taking the time to listen. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss a tip. And remember, you can unapologetically be who you authentically are and still be wildly successful. That's a fact. See you next week on This Shit Works.